Welcome in. It is week 11. How is that possible here on Big 12 Bets, a part of the Heartland College Sports Network, heartlandcollegesports.com, where you can find this week's column, a further breakdown of three games, and also the web-exclusive bonus bets that we always do. I'm Jeff Parles, by the way. Make sure you, uh, if you're tuning in, uh, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, heartlandcollegesports.com. We also have uh, college basketball to get to, not this week, but soon, some college hoops. Good week for Baylor. Nice win for the Baylor Bears in Sioux Falls on Tuesday against Auburn. Uh, Rest of the Big 12 looking pretty sharp to begin the year. A nice win for West Virginia in a game that looked like they could lose to Missouri State. But an impressive first week in basketball for the league. We'll have basketball talk throughout the year. Don't don't you worry, folks. We'll have betting talk on college hoops. But let's get to it. College football, we're nearing the end of the regular season. Uh, The picture's a little clearer for the race to Arlington. Texas, Oklahoma State, you guys went out. You guys will meet in the Jerry Dome. And Texas will have a legitimate chance to make the college football playoff with a win in that one and a win in their next few games. As long as that happens, they are going to get in. Let's get to it. Let's start off with one that is now going to be an official play as well. Maybe even add this to the column now that the numbers come back. Kansas, three-and-a-half-point favorites against Texas Tech. This jumped to four-and-a-half when the column went live, so I pulled it from the article. But we're at three-and-a-half here. Anything south of four on the Jayhawks, who, yes, are coming off of the win at Oklahoma, the the nice win in what was a brutal spot a week ago in Ames, a game that, yeah, Iowa State came back, made it interesting a few times, but an unbelievable performance by KU in that game against Iowa State. After the biggest win in program history in the last 15 years, I should say, not in program history, but the biggest win since that Orange Bowl in the Mangino era, you would have expected, all right, if they came out sleepy and lost to a good Iowa State team that's playing some good football right now in their building, yeah, it would have been acceptable, but a really nice win for KU that, in all honesty, if they didn't blow up in that second half against Oklahoma State, we'd be talking about, oh, Kansas controls their own destiny for Arlington. And that 40-1 to ticket we're sitting on to win the Big 12 would have a whole lot of life right now. But here you go. Three and a half's the number. Texas Tech is still severely overrated in the betting markets. They are they are not a good football team this year. A nice win against TCU last week. We got that one wrong. They'll be favored at home against Central Florida next week. But the fact that this is below four is a little bit shocking to me. And for Kansas, yes, it's a look-ahead spot. Sunflower Showdown comes up next week, where, of course, a lot is going to be on the line in that game, where, look, both both K-State and Kansas are still alive in the race for the Big 12 title game if Oklahoma State stubs their toe twice along the way, because Oklahoma State, of course, beat both. KU and K-State, but this is too short of a number. At three and a half, I love Kansas. I might Again, I might add, add a write-up to the article here uh, this week. Uh, K-State, Kansas, 
62.5, by the way, the total for this one at DraftKings. 3.5 lay with KU. It's too good of a number to pass up. All right, let's go to Oklahoma State and C- Central Florida here. Knights get their first win in conference, a win on the road in Cincinnati, sending Cincy to their seventh loss. And boy, what a run this has been for the for the Pokes. A dramatic win last week against OU. Uh, if you just looked at the box score, you're kind of perplexed on how Oklahoma State found a way in this game. Oklahoma was much better in the box score, almost eight yards a play. Oak State was about six, but it was the turnovers. Oklahoma's three turnovers to Oak State's one end up being the difference here. And Oklahoma State is 7-2. and two. And if it wasn't for the loss to South Alabama, as wild as it may seem, if they had just beaten South Alabama, Oklahoma State would be in the playoff mix. A one-touchdown loss in Ames would have given the Pokes at least a backdoor shot. They would have needed a bunch of help because if there were multiple one-loss teams to choose choose from for a final playoff spot. Oklahoma State would have been left out. But they would have had a shot here. They have no shot at an 11-2 Big 12 championship to get into the college football playoff. But a Fiesta Bowl appearance would be a heck of a season for this Poke team. And with, I mean, my goodness, this remaining schedule for Oklahoma State is what, this is what you dream of. You have, the th- you have three of the four newbies who have really struggled coming into the Big 12. And this is the toughest of the three on the road in Orlando this week at the Bounce House, where, again, Central Florida is underachieved here in Big 12 play. I really think Central Florida should be looking at a scenario where they are no worse, obviously no worse than 5-4. and four. That game against Baylor was just a horrendous, horrendous loss. And they had a real shot to beat Oklahoma. And you know what? If it wasn't for the turnovers in that game against West Virginia, they probably beat the Mountaineers that day. But they have underachieved. Malzana Company have underachieved in Orlando. And now an opportunity to wreck Oklahoma State's season here where, look, there's a reason this is only two and a half with Oklahoma State in Orlando. Total 65, by the way, that's probably too low. But this is a tough spot for Oklahoma State. Yes, with everything to play for out in front of them. You just beat Oklahoma in a dramatic game in the final bedlam for a while. How do you respond? Is all the air out of the balloon if you're Oklahoma State here going to Orlando to a team that you're better than, a team that has struggled in Big 12 play, a team that has talent? It is a tricky, tricky spot for the Pokes. I stayed off of this. If this was three and a half, I would have taken with Central Florida. But at two and a half, this is a stay away for me. If you want to take a shot of Central Florida on the money line, I don't hate that. But the Pokes have just found a way. Ever since that game in Ames, they have found a way to get it done throughout Big 12 play. So we're going to stay out of this game. It would not shock me if Central Florida wins outright, though. Wouldn't shock me one bit. All right, let's go to Manhattan next. K-State against Baylor. 55 the total. Kansas State is 20.5-point favorites. I would only look to lay it with the Wildcats here. Kansas State has been pretty consistent this year. In games where they have been clearly the more talented and better team, here's what Kansas State has done this year, okay? 45 nothing against SEMO. 42-13 against... Troy, 
44 to 31 against Central Florida, 38 21 against Texas Tech, and then 41 3 against TCU and 41 nothing against against Houston. Against the somewhat even teams, they have lost those three games. That's why next week, when Kansas is a home underdog against K State, will be on the Jayhawks. But for this week, when they're playing a team that, look, Baylor's been a disaster this year. There's no other way to put it. I thought Baylor had a shot to maybe be a dark horse to make it to Arlington. No, and you're not even going to make it to a bowl game here this year. And K-State at 20 and a half. Look, this kind of looks like the TCU game and that Houston game where, again, I don't expect, again, it was 82 to 3 combined in those two games. I don't expect Kansas State to come out and, and win 41 nothing. But 20 and a half feels a little bit light under that three touchdowns. I don't mind laying it with K-State. It didn't quite make it as an official play, but it would not shock me one bit if K-State comes out and really takes it to Baylor here. Again, a Baylor team that I, I understand the fact that Baylor can still make a bowl game if they win out, where, you're, again, you're looking at winnable games the next two weeks against TCU and Fort Worth. And then, yes, West Virginia is better than Baylor, but it is a winnable game for the Bears. But I, it ends here. I expect K-State to handle their business, win win comfortably here, and cover the 20 and a half. Now, I don't mind laying it if you want to lay it with K-State. All right, now let's start getting into the official plays for this week because now we're starting to get there on the list. Let's start with West Virginia and Oklahoma. Sooners, their season is done. Like, again, anything short of the college football playoff after beating Texas, I don't want to call it a failure, but it's a disappointment for Brent Venables and company at OU. You beat Texas, you're supposed to at least be in the Big 12 title game. That doesn't even look like it's going to happen. They return home after back-to-back losses on the road in Lawrence and Stillwater to take on West Virginia here and Norman. 12 and a half, Oklahoma's favored by West Virginia. Got themselves bowl eligible with a win last week. Neil Brown, as, as our guy Pete Mundo said on his show, he's off the hot seat. He's good. He's good. He's got his job. Unbelievable job there in Morgantown this year. I didn't expect West Virginia to be a bowl team. And they're going to have a shot at eight wins here. Yes, I know they have a shot at nine, but I don't see it happening in this game. Oklahoma's 12.5 point favorites, 58 the total. If Oklahoma's going to run someone out of the building, it comes in this game. After losing two straight, after your season going up in flames from a college football playoff perspective, I expect a big effort from Oklahoma. One of two things happens here. The expectation is the big effort. They win by four touchdowns. They do what they did to Iowa State earlier in the year where they run them out after a little bit of a difficult first half. Or Oklahoma loses this game outright. Now, I don't expect that. I don't see, and yes, it's weird to say in a game that's lined 12 and a half, but this really does kind of feel like either Oklahoma is going to steamroll or they're going to lose. And this is going to continue going the wrong way for the Sooners this year. But I, I really do think Dylan Gabriel has a big game. He struggled with the turn. Oklahoma struggled with their turnovers last week. Gabriel was genuinely bad throwing the ball in, in Clement Weather and Lawrence. 
So I expect a little bit of a better showing from Dylan Gabriel. And at 12.5, I am comfortable laying that sort of number with OU in this one. We'll lay it. It's a best play. 12.5 with the Sooners against West Virginia. All right, let's go to the two worst teams in the league. Well, maybe not the two worst teams in the league anymore. Houston, two and a half point favorites at home against Cincinnati. I'm a little bit stunned this line is this short. And yes, I know I have been a hater of the Cougs this year, but Houston's got a realistic shot to make a bowl game all of a sudden. Favored here will be a small dog against Central Florida. Yes, there'll be a dog at home against Oklahoma State next week, but not as big of a dog as you may think. And now they get Cincinnati, and Cincinnati suffered their seventh loss. A total mess of a year for Scott Satterfield and company. I would start Brady Lichtenberg this week if I were Satterfield. Emory Jones is not going to be back next year. We know this. And Emory Jones has been a monstrous disappointment this year. And you got to see what you have in the young gun if you're Cincinnati now in a lost season, no prospects of a bowl game, season win totals going under with one more loss. See what you have in the kid if you're Satterfield and company. For Houston, with that overtime win last week in Waco, again, you got everything to play for now. And I expect Donathan Smith to play well in this game. I expect Houston's defense to be able to slow down the Cincinnati offense that really that other than about two or three games has really been mediocre. As I've said, Emory Jones just has not gotten it done. And I'm a little bit surprised I didn't have to lay north of a field goal here. I thought this was going to be three and a half, four. But Cincinnati is still power rated a little too high for my liking. So we're going to lay two and a half with the Cougs. I like Houston. I like him at home. Like him to win it outright, get the five and five. And look, if Dana Holgerson gets his team to six and six, I think that's a really great accomplishment. Because this team on paper is not any good. And if they get to a bowl game in year one in the Big 12 with this roster, that's a job well done by Dana. I thought this was a three win team. And here we are with a legitimate shot to get to six the rest of the way for the Cougs. We'll lay the two and a half with Houston against Cincinnati. All right, this one I'm going to say right away. Stay away from this one. Texas at TCU, 12.5 point favorites. The Longhorns are 54 to total. TCU, boy, the uh, <laughs> the light bulb went out quickly, didn't it? After all that good fortune a year ago, the magic carpet ride all the way to the national title game, and TCU stinks this year. And I know they've had quarterback problems and injuries. Hoover, I, it, it, look... Kid's okay. He's a backup for a reason. And now you get the horns. Now, Texas still has everything to play for. And it almost blew up with, <laughs> with that collapse against K-State. They are they were for in a game Texas was up 20. The Horns were fortunate to get out of there with a win against the Wildcats on Sunday. Or Saturday, I should say. Excuse me. I I have my concerns about Malik Murphy. A little too turnover happy. He was a totally different guy in the second half and not for the good way. He looked great early in that game. I still don't think we... I, I, I'm a little surprised we still haven't seen Arch Manning at all. 12 and a half is... 
I think that's right. On the road, TCU playing with a, uh, should be playing with a little bit of desperation this week. They need to find two wins in their last three to go to a bowl. They get Baylor next week to win that one. But then they have to find a win either here against Texas or in Norman against Oklahoma. I would say this is slightly the better opportunity to get Texas with Murphy playing in your building if you're going to get to a bowl game here in 2023. Totals 54, that seems right. We're going to stay out of this. I, I think all these numbers are right, and it's a little bit of a complicated one to go with here. All right, last one on the board. I wrote this up in a bad number, so I would still advocate a play here. Iowa State's up to 8 against BYU, total 41. I wrote this up at 7. I don't think Iowa State should be a touchdown or more on the road against anyone in this league. And not, that's not to say that I don't like the Cyclones. I think they are a solid team. I think what we saw early in the year for them was not who they are. If they played Iowa now, I think they'd beat Iowa. And they would definitely beat Ohio if they played them now. All right, so you get beat by Oklahoma, no big deal. But they, other than the Ohio game, and again, I, I think the Cyclones are better than Iowa, but Iowa just finds a way to beat you regardless of the talent level. We would be looking at the season a lot differently because Iowa State has beaten every other team on their schedule other than Ohio that they're clearly better than. They beat TCU, clearly better than them. Beat Cincinnati, clearly better than them. And they beat Baylor, clearly better than Baylor. Now, I think they are better than, than BYU. But BYU, again, the, the, the last few weeks have been an abomination for the Cougars' offense. 13 points the last two weeks combined. They really only got to 27 against Texas Tech thanks to Texas Tech's problems. And then they had 11 against TCU, which is bad. We talked about it all year with BYU. Even though they won games and those games were going over and it's still a good chunk of their early season games were going over, now the unders are starting to come in. Their numbers on offense dictate big-time under team. Less than five and a half yards of play. Not a lot of turnovers. They are the one team here, and again, we're nursing an under five and a half ticket on BYU. We need them to lose out in order to get home on that. It would not shock me if BYU wins this game outright, where again, the Cougs only need one more win to go to a bowl. This is the most winnable remaining game. They're going to be a double-digit home dog next week against Oklahoma, and they're going to be a double-digit dog in Stillwater the final week of the year. We'll take the points with BYU. I still expect the clones to win the game. But this kind of got the feel of it being a grinded out 20 to 14, 21 17, something in that pocket, 24 to 17, which would push the seven we wrote up, but win the eight that are currently out there. Interesting, interesting game for that one. Real quick here before we say bon voyage here in our 20 minute capsule. There are some lines out at DraftKings, some look-aheads for the Big 12's remaining games for next week, the two big ones, the two bigger ones, I should say. Iowa State, Texas, Texas, an 11-point favorite on a look-ahead against Iowa State. Based off the number this week, that might actually be a good take on Iowa State against Texas. This is next week. We'll break it down fully on next week's show. 
And in KU, a four-point dog against K-State, I can tell you right now, will be on Kansas if we're getting points with the Jayhawks against Kansas State. That's next week's show, though. That's all the time we have. This has been Big 12 Bets, part of the Heartland College Sports Network, heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Jeff Parles. Good luck on your bets, everyone. We'll see you again next week.